Many of you know that my wife is also a preacher. She uh, serves a church in Bradenton, and she's often telling me that if we want to really be biblically authentic and realistic, that really women should be the only ones preaching on Easter Sunday because they were the first ones to really see the resurrected life. And as I was watching us sing up here, she would be proud of us, because other than Eric, who was over here hiding in the box, we are all led by women this morning. We're continuing our series called God Moves. We're concluding it, actually, and we're looking at the texts continuing in the book of Luke to see how God was moving in the first century and how he continues to move in our lives and the life of our community in the 21st century, and today is no different from those other texts as well. We're going to be looking at the final chapter in the book of Luke, chapter 28, and we're going to see if I can do this with one hand instead of two. Hear the word of the Lord. Very early in the morning on the first day of the week, the women went to the tomb, bringing the fragrant spices they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but, they went, but when they went in, they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. They didn't know what to make of this. And suddenly, two men were standing beside them in gleaming bright clothing. The women were frightened and, and bowed their faces toward the ground. But the, women, but the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He isn't here, but he has risen. Remember what he told you when he was still in Galilee, that the human one must be handed over to sinners, be crucified, and on the third day rise again. And then they remembered his words. When they returned from the tomb, they reported all of these things to the eleven and all the others. It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. Their words struck the apostles as nonsense, and they didn't believe the women. But Peter ran to the tomb, and when he bent over to look inside, he saw only the linen cloth, and then he returned home wondering what had happened. Friends, this is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. So God moved in that first century out of the tomb, and then God continued to be on the move in the actions of the disciples in that first century, that first day, and has continued in every century from then on. When I look at this text, I, I see that God is moving in us when we, when we do some things. And I, I found out five things that are right in the text, pulled right out of the text. The first one is that God moves in us when we serve a higher purpose. It's found right there in verse 1, very early in the morning, so early that it was still dark on that first day of the week. The women went to the tomb, bringing the fragrant spices they had prepared. You see, this was, this was the, the women's job to, to bring these spices, and, the, and it should have been done on Friday, but things were in such chaos and in such a hurry and such a late hour on Friday that they couldn't complete this task before the sundown of the Sabbath. So they were coming very early on this next morning at first light to complete this very mundane and regular task. So we serve, when, when God moves in us, when we serve a higher purpose. And I told you about our community dinners. Happens today, 5 o'clock, Presbyterian Church of Bloomingdale over on Bloomingdale Avenue. 
It's a free meal. We, we do it each and every week, no matter if it's Easter or Christmas or New Year's, every week. And we have a group of people here that, that cook a home-cooked meal. It's a good, good meal. And we meet there for a free community dinner. We do this to, to help our friends and neighbors, not only those who are struggling with food scarcity in our area and, and having trouble making ends meet and, and may not have a good meal, but also to create a place of community. For especially on days like today, no one should be eating Easter dinner alone. So we'll gather today and we're going to have a full-blown Easter meal with a ham and all the fixings. And we're going to have some community at 5 o'clock at Bloomingdale Presbyterian. If you don't want to cook and you don't want to clean, well, you might have to clean up if you come over. But if you don't want to cook, come over and join us. I want to tell you about something that's happened at Dinner Church in the last couple of weeks. And, and if I'm really being honest, we, we're, we've been a little disappointed. The numbers haven't been what we expected. We're, we're tagging on with a mission partner of ours called Seeds of Hope, and, and there's about 150 families that are fed each and every week by Seeds of Hope. And, and we are a little scared that we might be overrun by those families partnering up together. But, but word is now spreading, and we're growing each week. But from the very first week, there is this lady, I'm going to call her Susie, to protect her identity a little bit. And Susie has been with us for the very, since the very first time. And, and honestly, the first time she was there, I thought she was one of the volunteers from the Presbyterian Church. She was there right at 5 o'clock, and she stayed with us the whole time. And somehow over the course of the dinner, we sit together and we talk about things. And one of our folks from Grace found out that it was Susie's birthday. And I would guess that Susie's in her mid to late 60s. And as we found out about her birthday, then we started to sing to Susie. And as we were singing, I was just watching Susie's face. And after a while, you could see the countenance on her face completely change. And I began to wonder, how many years has it been since somebody sang happy birthday to Susie? Has anyone ever sung, or a group like this sung, happy birthday to Susie? And so while our numbers are not where we'd like them to be, we're growing each week, but we're, we're seeing these stories happen in our midst. And some simple, mundane, regular task like preparing a meal and sitting down to eat together with friends from our community is turning into a place where God is moving, just like God moved in the lives of those women when they approached the tomb. So God is on the move in us when we serve a higher purpose. God is on the move with us, too, when we remember the words of Jesus. Over here in verse 8, these two men tell them about Jesus being risen and then we're told in verse 8 that then they remembered his words. Then they remembered Jesus' words and what he was teaching. And we, too, have the opportunity to remember those words, the words of God that are in our scriptures, the words of teachers throughout the thousands of years of our faith. And, and sometimes, honestly, these, these words are difficult to understand and difficult to find the meaning through several different languages and, and different cultures of times. And we, but we still need to, to read them and meditate on them, and especially the words of Jesus in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, that tell the story of the birth and the life and the death and resurrection of Jesus. So God moves in us when we serve a higher purpose, when we remember the words of Jesus and God moves in us when we tell others our story. Verse 9 through 11 says that when they returned from the tomb, they reported all these things to the 11 and to the others. The 11 other disciples, minus Judas. And then the other disciples who were following as well, but not in the close-knit apostles. 
And then we are told, when they told these things to the apostles, their words struck the apostles as nonsense, and they didn't believe the women. And some women are going, some things have not changed in 2,000 years, right? You know, when we tell others our stories, sometimes others are going are gonna to think our stories are nonsense. They're not going to believe them. They're not going to understand them. They're not going to have meaning for them. But they have meaning for us. So sometimes others will think it's nonsense, but sometimes they won't. And we stay in relationship with them, and we share our stories, and they share their stories, and we grow together as followers. And even if they don't believe and they think it's nonsense, it's still your story. It's still our story. And no one can take our stories away from us. So God moves in us when we serve a higher purpose, when we remember the words of Jesus, and when we tell others our stories. And fourthly, God moves in us when we wonder. I love this part of the texts, the very end of where we were reading in verse 12. But Peter ran to the tomb, and when he bent over to look inside, he saw only the linen cloth, then he returned home wondering what had happened. Doesn't say that Peter had an Easter egg hunt and with the Easter bunny and big celebration with food and all the family came over and everybody was happy and playing games and life was good. Peter left the tomb, went home and wondered what is going on. And many times I think our faith life is like this. You know, if we don't feel on the outside like a big, exciting celebration, then we may wonder what's wrong with us. Are, are we experiencing this, this resurrected life, this new life in Jesus we've been singing about all morning? Do we have the faith we should have? And I just want to remind us again, and if you're a part of Grace regularly, you've heard me say this, and you'll hear me say it a lot, that faith, our faith is not the absence of doubts and questions. It's okay to have doubts and questions, and it's okay to wonder. But rather, our faith is a daily decision to follow Jesus. And I don't know about you, but for me, that's a daily decision. When my feet hit the floor, I need to make a conscious effort Okay, today I'm going to follow Jesus. And sometimes it's an hour by hour or a moment by moment. Okay, Lord, in this situation, I'm going to follow Jesus. I have to remind myself, okay, I'm going to follow Jesus. It's okay to wonder. It's, it's okay to have some doubts and questions as we remember these texts and we read these stories of, okay, God, I don't know. That's... I don't know about that. That's a big story. I'm not sure I can, I can get my brain around that one. It's okay to wonder and to question and, and to think it out. And, and friends, this place, this community that we're creating to experience God's transforming grace, it's an okay place to wonder and have questions and to work it out together. So God moves in us when we serve a higher purpose and we remember the words of Jesus and we tell others our story and we wonder. And lastly, when I was looking at this, I, th I thought, you know, many times that our, our idea of resurrection makes us think that the Easter story is always big and exciting and colorful and upbeat and happy. Everything's super joyful and, and, and no one in our midst is is downtrodden or wondering. And sometimes it is. Sometimes it's exactly like that. But, but I also think that much of the time, our idea of resurrection is found 
in the regular, in the ordinary, in the, in the mundane, in the normalness of our daily lives. As I was looking for something for us to use as an introduction to worship this week with the spoken word video we saw, I had some trouble because I was, I was watching these different things and all these resources out there for churches, and, and many of them were these happy, upbeat, great, fancy light shows and, and kind of fun, happy things, and, and, and it, it didn't seem real to me always. I mean, if you look at this text, if we're going to take this text seriously, that's not what the women and Peter were experiencing. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't be joyful. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying that it may not always be that way. That we may be wondering, like Peter, we may be sharing our story like the women, and people think it's nonsense. I think the idea of resurrection is often found in the regular, ordinary, mundane, normal things of our daily lives. We see that in, in verses 5 and 6. These are my very favorite verses in this part of the story. The two men say to the women, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He isn't here, but has been raised. Why do you look for the living among the dead? And as I look at that story, we see the story pointing us to say, God moves in us when we live our life for God. That's what the, the women went and did. And that's what the apostles and the disciples went and did. They just, they just lived their life for God. They didn't know what was going on that first day. But the days and weeks and months and years and centuries after that, they lived their life for God. And, and we spread this faith. We spread these stories across the entire world. There's a, a woman in our church, Jen Patterson, and many of you may know Jen. Jen is, uh, I'd like to call her a snowbird because she lives part-time in Florida and part-time in New York, but she's, but she's my age. I don't know if you can be a snowbird and be in your 40s. But she was traveling back to New York for the holiday, and she had a three-hour delay here in Tampa. If you fly and or travel, you can imagine what she might be feeling with a three-hour delay. And then she got there to LaGuardia at 12.30 in the morning, three hours after her expected arrival time. And, and her Lyft driver was there to, that she had scheduled, didn't show up, and then was giving her a hard time about, no, I'm there, and no, you're not, I'm going to charge you, and going back and forth with that. She arranged for another Lyft driver who showed up very promptly, and after all that, you could think, you can imagine, I could see myself slumping into the back seat, getting out my phone and looking at, at social media and, and just not wanting to connect with anyone. But after all that, Jen didn't do that. And, and Jen started talking to this cab or this Lyft driver. And Jen, when she's here in Florida, spends her time serving in our mission partner, Seeds of Hope. And the story, she started to share what she does here and why she's traveling to Florida or to New York. And, and this Lyft driver said, well, well, where do you do this in Florida? I have family in Florida. And, well, she says, it's in the Brandon area. Well, my family lives in the Brandon area. And she can continue to talk to him. And, and his family struggles to make ends meet. They struggle with food insecurity. Sometimes there's, there's not enough paycheck left at the end of the month. You know what I mean? And they didn't know how they're going to eat from time to time. And so Jen shared about Seeds of Hope. And, you know, Thursday night you can come here and we'll, we'll give you enough food to, to tide you over for that week. He said, well, you know, they've never, they've never tried a food bank because they're, they're afraid. So what, do you, what are they afraid of? We, we can help them eat. Well, we're afraid because they, not everybody in the family has all the right paperwork. And Jen said, well, we, we don't care. At, at Seeds of Hope, you just come. We don't look at any paperwork. We, we come and we give you food. We, we help you eat. 
They were afraid because they didn't have the right paperwork, and they were afraid that maybe even if they went to a place like this that the authorities might be notified and, and, and they'd be found out. Jen, in, in just the ordinary of living her life in the back of a lift car, gave hope to this man for his family down here in Brandon so that they might eat this week. And, and Jen's story is an example for us that God moves in us when we, we live our life for God. It would have been just easy for her to check out and not worry about this, but she, she didn't. She just continued to, to pursue the calling that God has put on her life to help people who are hungry. And God moves in us, too, when we live our life for God. I think that's the kind of kingdom that God meant, the king, kingdom that Jesus was talking about in these scriptures we've been looking at this entire season. And I, I wonder, you know, maybe these things that Jesus taught are true, this, these things that he taught in the Beatitudes or the, the Sermon on the Mount when he said that happy are those who are mourning they're going to be filled and happier those who are searching for God and happier those who are persecuted. Those things don't, don't make sense to us. Not in our world. So maybe those things that Jesus taught there are true. And, and maybe when he said that we are the light of the world and we shouldn't hide it under a bushel, maybe that's true and that we that hate and anger are just as bad a sin as murder and that lust is just like adultery and, and that we are to turn the other cheek and offer our coats and go the extra mile. And that we're not only to love our neighbor, but we're also to love our enemy. Maybe these things that Jesus taught are true. And maybe, maybe these things in the miracles are true. And, and maybe these, these healings that occur with Jesus are true. And maybe the acceptance of all people that Jesus gives really is the way our world is intended to be. Maybe our world was intended to be, as we have prayed this morning, on earth as it is in heaven this different kind of kingdom is supposed to happen here on earth just like it is happening in heaven. So friends, maybe this Easter resurrection thing is a big, exciting, colorful, upbeat thing. And maybe it is also a regular, ordinary, mundane, normalness that is found in our daily lives being lived for God. Richard Rohr is a, is a well-known Franciscan priest, and, and I would say he's probably a prophet of our time. He wrote this about resurrection. You don't need to wait for death to experience resurrection. You can begin resurrection today and tomorrow. Resurrection happens every time you love someone back, even though they, weren't not, they were not very loving to you. And at that moment, you have been raised from the dead. Every time you decide to trust and begin again, even after repeated failures, at that moment, you've been resurrected. Every time you refuse to become negative and cynical and hopeless, you have experienced the risen Christ. You don't have to wait for it later. It's always now and now and now and now. Amen. Let's continue to experience this resurrection as we stand together and close our worship singing resurrecting.
resurrection is found in us in the, the regular and the normal and the mundane that happen in our daily lives as we live our life for God. That God continues to be resurrecting us every day. In a moment, we're going to close with, with a very traditional closing, but I want to remind you these lilies are beautiful and they smell great. But they're going to do us no good sitting here for the next several days other than to wither and to die away. So let's do a regular and normal and mundane thing and take these lilies out into the world to enjoy in our homes and our workplaces and for neighbors and friends that may not be able to enjoy them here. Let's, let's make sure all of these are gone and out, spreading into the communities around us. Make sure you take a picture at the photo booth and the Easter cross and in a few minutes, the kids are going to be out hunting eggs, and you don't want to miss that as well. The beginnings of our creed started right at the time of Jesus. You would greet one person after the resurrection, say, He is risen. They would reply with, He is risen indeed. And it's become my tradition in the churches I serve that, that we close our Easter worship in this way. We're going to do it three times. I'm going to say, he is risen. You're going to reply with, he is risen indeed. And each time we're going to get louder until the third time. We want to make sure that all of our children can hear us screaming at the top of our lungs. Can you scream? Pretend it was Garth Brooks last night in Gainesville. Or I was going to say a Rays game, but they don't scream at Rays games, unfortunately. Are you ready, friends? He is risen he is risen. He is risen indeed. He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. Let's go out and live our lives for God. Amen. Amen.